This is the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best tips and strategies in the world to help you become a smarter, more effective tennis player. You'll hear interviews with pro tour doubles players and coaches, including easy to use lessons to improve your game and win more matches. My name is Will Bocek, founder of the Tennis Tribe, doubles strategy coach, and host of the show. Hey everyone, today we're going to talk about serve strategy for doubles. This is part two in our four-part series all about double strategy. If you missed part one, I'd recommend that you go back and listen to that. Uh, that was all about foundations and fundamentals of double strategy and then a little bit about the mental game as well. Today is part two. It's all about serve strategy. Part three will be on return strategy. And then part four will be on net play strategy for doubles. So let's talk about the serve team. Uh, let's dive into it. The The first thing we'll cover is the different jobs or the different roles of each player on the serving team. Then after that, we're going to discuss uh, how they work together as a team, uh, including communication. We'll talk about signaling, things like that. And then we're going to talk about the deuce court and the ad court specifically, how they're a little bit different uh, especially if you're playing two right-handed players. And then at the end, we'll touch on formations, which uh, might be a whole nother podcast episode. Um, so let's get into uh, the different roles of the serving team. So you have the server and the server's partner. Now, the server's role is twofold. They want to make a high percentage of first serves, and they want to set up their partner at the net. So when I say high percentage of first serves, what do I mean? Uh, what we've found, uh, and, and this is from, uh, if you've taken any of Brain Game Tennis, uh, Craig O'Shaughnessy's courses, uh, he says that you want to make uh, 70 plus percent, um, 70 to 75% of first serves in doubles. So if you go and watch... Uh, pro doubles on the ATP or WTA tour, one thing you'll notice is they do not hit their serves typically as fast as the singles players. And the reason for that is they've found that uh, it's more important in doubles to make a higher percentage of first serves. So they hit their first serves with a little bit more margin. Uh, they don't flatten it out as much. They'll hit a lot more first serves with spin and things like that. And the reason is that in singles, you can just chip back a return deep in the court to get the point started, and you can get away with that, and it's totally fine. But in doubles, you have that net player. You have the server's partner who is going to pick off any weak returns. So they're not able to do that. They're not able to just chip the return back. So as a result, the serving team has a slightly bigger advantage in doubles. Um, so the returner is not able to chip that return back, so they have to go for a little more, which means us as the serving team, uh, we need to make a high percentage of first serves. So uh, that's the first step. And then the second step, like I said, is, is to set up your partner at the net. So uh, a lot of that's going to have to do with communication with your doubles partner. They need to know where you're serving, which we'll talk about here in a second. But whatever you can do to 
put them in a position to hit that next ball, to hit that third shot of the rally. So you have the serve, the return, and then the serve plus one. Uh, that, that's what you need to be doing. Uh, we want them to have a, um, a volley as that third shot of the rally. Uh, and then once we get into the rally, whether you're a serve and volley player or you serve and stay back, your goals are going to change slightly. But um, ultimately, we want to uh, take advantage of uh, that player at the net. Um, and that's typically going to be the difference between the serve and the return team is that that, that server's partner gets the first uh, shot, the first access to uh, hit a volley, uh, which is a huge advantage in doubles. So next, the service partner. So what is their role on the uh, serving team? So there, there's a few things they want to do. Uh, the first thing is they want to be reading the returner and they want to communicate that information back to their partner who's serving. And what I mean by reading the returner is they want to see which serves the returner is comfortable and uncomfortable with and figure out, okay, it looks like uh, this particular returner is struggling when you hit a body serve into the backhand or when you stretch them wide to the forehand, something like that. So they want to be reading that, telling their partner who's serving, and then call more of what's working, more of what's making the returner uncomfortable, and then try to set themselves up at the net uh, through that communication. And the second thing they want to be doing is, and these are all kind of correlated, right? Um, these all have a relationship with each other. And the more you do of one, it makes it easier to do the other. But the second thing you want to be doing is forcing missed returns. This is really important. So I can't tell you how many players at the 3-5, level in, in USTA I see standing way too close to the doubles alley as the service partner. You've got to be giving up some of the doubles alley. Um, when you watch pro doubles on TV, you'll see them get beat up the line a lot. And the you'll never see the server's partner, when they get beat up the line, go back and say, oh, my bad or my fault or anything like that. Because it's not their fault. That's just the nature of playing doubles. You're going to get beat up the line. And the way to think about this, because I, I think... A lot of the struggle for club level players is uh, it's really a mental battle. So when when we feel like when we get beat up the line as the server's partner, we feel like it's our fault because we didn't cover our half of the court. But that's not the way to think about this. Um, what we want to do instead is to move a little bit closer to the center. Um, if you're you know used to hugging the the doubles alley, then start just in the center service box. So equal distant from the singles line as the center service line. And you'll get beat up the alley some. But one thing I like to do is keep kind of a mental tally of how many times they miss returns and then how many times they make uh, they actually do beat me down the alley. And what you'll find is against almost every single team, they're going to make at best 40% of their shots when they try to go down the line. So if you win three out of five points, 60% of the points, you're going to win the match. We talked last time about the win percentage of points for 
the number one player in the world being around 50-55%. And with that in mind, we have to know that us getting beat up the alley is just one of that 45% on a good day, right? So we want to be giving up some of that alley. Um, It's actually an advantage if you think uh, or if you can get the returner to think that hitting down the alley is a good strategy because almost every time it's not a good strategy. Um, They're typically going to miss more than they make. And when I'm on the court and I feel like the returner thinks that they can hit that consistently, I'm totally okay with that. And a lot of service games will win at 40-30 and I don't even have to touch a ball because they'll beat me up the alley twice and they'll miss, you know, three or four times. So, Uh, Keep that in mind as we go through this. We really want to be putting pressure on the returner. We want to be forcing missed returns. Uh, We do that by giving up some of the alley, like I said. Uh, We want to be incorporating a lot of lateral movement. So you'll see uh, when I watch club players, I'll see uh, the players move forward and backwards, but not as much side to side. And we want to be changing up our lateral movement as as the server's partner. And then uh, to elaborate on that, there's three things that we'll be doing as the server's partner. We're either going to pinch, which means once the serve lands in the court, we're going to take a few steps forward and kind of to our uh, left or right, depending on your side, but towards that middle net strap area to kind of pinch off the middle and make the returner feel some pressure. The other option is to poach, which is where we uh, move kind of diagonally across and we're going to look to cut off any cross court balls and then the server is going to kind of come in behind us in case the returner does hit uh, down the alley so they're going to cover that and then the last opportunity or the last option is to fake so that's when we kind of move towards that center service line early and then we come back to recover and Our goal there is going to be to force a lot of missed returns or come back and hit a volley because they hit uh, down the line because they saw us moving early. So we'll touch on that a lot more uh, here shortly and and potentially in future episodes. But those are the three options. You never want to go to your server and say, hey, I'll cover the alley on this one. Um, Now, when I say never, there's, there's always some exceptions. You know, if If the server has a super weak second serve and you have to force the cross court return to stay in the point, then, you know, in that case, maybe you do camp out over near the alley, but that happens less than 5% of uh, the time, Um, less than one in 20 doubles matches that you'll play. Um, And you you can also do two back on the second serve uh, if you have to, but again, I I really... um, I don't recommend that unless you absolutely have to. Uh, And they should be making a high percentage of first serves anyways, right? We talked about that, so um, that shouldn't be a huge issue. Uh, And then there's, again, so there's a difference between first and second serves, right? First serves, we're allowed to be a lot more aggressive. The returner is going to have more trouble with the first serve redirecting the ball down the line. Um, So we want to be incorporating more of that lateral movement, more poaching, more faking, Uh, pinching a little bit uh, harder, a little bit closer to that center uh, center net strap. 
So next, let's talk about the team dynamics of the serving team. Uh, the one thing we talked about last time is how the odds change during a match, during a set game and point. And at the beginning of any point, the serve team has the advantage. So when I step up to the line for a first serve, maybe we have a a 60% chance of winning that point or something like that. And if I miss that, the odds of us winning the point now drops to maybe 52% or whatever it may be. So the serve team has the advantage to start. And our goal as the serve team is to put pressure on that return team in those first few shots of the rally to either maintain or expand that advantage we have. So I want to make a first serve. So when I make a first serve, let's say it lands in the court, our odds jump of winning the point jump from 60%, maybe up to 75% or 80%, something like that. Uh, so we want to take advantage of the advantage that we have starting out as the serve team. We want to put pressure on them. And that's the job of the server by making a high percentage of first serves and the server's partner by using a lot of movement at the net and reading the returner to make them uncomfortable and communicating that information back to the server so you can do more effective serves and continue to improve your strategy. So one way we're going to be doing this is communicating uh, between the server's partner and the server. And you can do signals. You can also talk between every point. But it's really important to communicate as best you can. And, and depending on your level, this is going to vary. If you're a 4-5 or a 5-0, you're going to be able to call serves, um, you know, a T-serve, a body serve, a wide serve. Uh, and then you'll be able to call, you know, pinch, poach, or fake, and so on. But if you're a lower level, maybe you're a 3-0 and you don't have the skill set to place your serves uh, to the T or out wide or into the body, um, you know, maybe you, you just pick a general direction. Maybe you say, all right, I'm going to try to serve, hit my first serve to the forehand, or I'm going to try to hit my first serve to the backhand. Or if you, if you can't even do that yet, um, then just communicate what the net player is going to do on this particular uh, point, whether they're going to pinch, poach, or fake. Um, you can do signals, which uh, maybe I'll create a YouTube video and show you some of the signaling that I use. Um, and we can link to it in the show notes. But uh, you can probably Google uh, double signals and, and find some good information. Um, but you, if you signal the net player behind their back, um, you'll see it on TV sometimes with the pros. They'll be signaling first the direction that the server is going to serve. Um, and they'll do that uh, typically by pointing. That's how I like to do it. So um, I'll literally just kind of, if I'm on the deuce side, I'll use my left hand and use my uh, index finger and just point towards the right, uh, which will indicate a T-serve. Um, and then I'll use my middle finger to point straight down for a body serve. And then I'll use my pinky to point uh, left, which would be out wide in the deuce court for a wide serve. And then for the net player uh, to say what they're going to do, um, an open hand indicates a poach, a closed fist indicates uh, a stay, or really what that should be is a pinch. And then a uh, fake is 
um, kind of moving your hand, you'll kind of flutter your hand back and forth. Um, so you're kind of uh, moving towards that center service line and then coming back to recover for the volley. Um, really, that will force a lot of missed returns if you fake. But uh, make sure you're on the same page with your server. Uh, other people use different signals, but those are the ones I use. Um, and again, I'll, I'll create um, I'll create a YouTube video on that uh, so you can actually see uh, what my hand is doing for each of those situations. Uh, but it's really important to know both of those things so you're both on the same page. Um, the reason for that is, especially for the serve location, is let's say you're at the net and you're playing uh, on the deuce side and your partner is going to hit a T serve. Because of the angles of the court, it's going to be difficult, especially for a right-handed player, to hit a return when the serve is coming down the tee. It's going to be difficult for them to hit a return all the way down your alley. So as the server's partner, that allows you to close off that center net strap area a lot more. Um, you're able to move to your right a lot more because they don't have a good angle to hit down the line. Now, if you call a wide serve on the deuce side, that opens up that down the line shot a little bit more and it's a forehand. So if your partner doesn't have the strongest serve and if the returner you know, is a really good player and they have a really good forehand, as the server's partner, you need to know that at the net so that you can kind of shift forward and maybe to your left a little more to cover, uh, cover that down the line shot, um, especially if it's on a second serve. Now, again, make them beat you down the line a few times before you start covering that uh, all out and before you start hugging that doubles alley. And keep a tally of all the times they make it and all the times they miss it. Uh, that That's one of the biggest problems that a lot of players at the club level have at the net is they they get embarrassed every time they get beat down the line, but they don't count the times that the opponent misses when they try to go down the line. And they both count. So as long as they're missing more than they're making, uh, you can keep giving them that alley shot, keep giving them that down the line pass, uh, because you'll take uh, three out of five misses there. So the next thing for the serving team is to prioritize the net player's strengths. So one way to think about this is we we talked earlier about how the server's goal is to set up their partner at the net. And because of that, we want to prioritize their strengths over the server's strengths. So a good example might be a... Uh, a left-handed player. So let's say let's say a left-handed player is serving. Let's say everybody likes their forehand better than their backhand in this case. Now the left-handed player might want to uh, play I formation or Australian formation, which is where uh, the net player is shifted over. Let's say we're in the deuce court and the net player will shift over to the right so that the returner has the down the line shot wide open in the singles court and the doubles alley. So we're, we're forcing the returner to go down the line. Now a left-handed server might want that so that they can hit a forehand as their first shot after the serve. But the problem with that, if the, uh, the server's partner is right-handed, we're putting their backhand volley in the middle. 
And that's, that's never a good idea to, um, to prioritize the server's forehand over the server's partner's forehand, if that makes sense. I, I know that might be hard to follow, but uh, rewind it a few seconds and try to listen to that again if you need to. Um, but we all, always want to prioritize the, the net player's forehand volley in the middle uh, when we can. So instead of playing that I formation on the deuce side, if you're a left-handed server, you might do the I formation or Australian formation on the add side so that your net player has their forehand volley in the middle. Now, uh, in this case, if you have a super weak backhand, then you know it might be best to just go with traditional uh, so that the returner can't hit down the line. And then you have a running backhand, which is usually a difficult shot for a lot of club level players, uh, myself included. So that's just an example there. But again, we want to prioritize the net player's strengths, not the server's strengths. Um, now, you know, we have to weigh how, um, how likely it is that the, the third ball of the rally is going to be hit by the net player versus the server and so on. But in general, we want to prioritize that way. Now, the last thing I'll, I'll mention on the, the team dynamics, and this is really important, is uh, we, we want to experiment with the different serves and the different net movement that we're doing. So there are really four serves that we can hit, and then there's two directions that the returner uh, can return the ball. And these are all the, there's a lot of variables that we can kind of play with to figure out what gives us the best chance to win. So the four serves are a T serve, a body backhand serve, a body forehand serve, and then a wide serve. And the two directions that the returner can hit is down the line and cross court. So you want to play with both of those um, all four of those serves and then both of those directions to figure out which which combination makes the returner the least comfortable and which combination gives you the chance, uh, gives you the best chance to win as a team. So that might mean them missing returns. That might mean them, you know, chipping, having to chip returns. Maybe they struggle with a body backhand and they slice it every time and then the net player can pick that ball off every time. Um, it just depends. So you you want to experiment with all of those, and the server's partner at the net needs to be watching and seeing what they're least comfortable with and where those returns are coming over the net. So obviously with the four serves, uh, it's pretty straightforward. The server just has to execute and hit their spots. Again, to simplify this, you know, if you're at a 3-0 or 3-5 level and you can't uh, you don't quite have the skill set yet to hit a body backhand serve versus a, a T serve on the deuce side. Um, you can simplify it and just say, I'm going to you know, hit to the backhand or I'm going to hit to the forehand. Just, just simplify the variables a little bit. And uh, to execute that, you just the server just has to hit their spots. To change the direction of the returner, this is something that, that a lot of club players miss is I'll see a, a particular returner, and I'll do this myself as the returner, get into a really good rhythm hitting cross court, and the serve team just has no idea what to do. But they haven't made me hit a down-the-line return yet. 
And you can do that by either poaching or like we talked about earlier, uh, I formation using the I formation or Australian formation. I'll actually include in the show notes, I've got a, a YouTube video where I'm on a whiteboard uh, discussing how to use the ice formation and Australian formation. So if you want more on that, uh, look at the show notes and I will have a link to that. But we want to make sure that the returner is hitting both cross court and down the line. Uh, if they're in a rhythm, we want to want to change it up on them. And the reason for that is, uh, let's stick with me for an example here. So I like to hit my backhand cross court return. I have no problem with that. I typically play the ad side. So I, I like to step in and, and just hit my uh, solid backhand cross court return over that center net strap. Um, and I'm pretty comfortable with that usually. And what a lot of players or a lot of teams can do against me is keep hitting that wide serve, but they can uh, change to I formation or Australian formation and force me to hit my backhand down the line. Now, I've gotten better at it because I've started playing more singles uh, this year, but it's still not my preferred return. So a lot of teams have been able to use that against me over the last year and kind of break my rhythm a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's of course, something I'm working on and have improved, but that's an example of something that you can do um, to kind of throw the returner off because it's not like every player, you know, has, with most players, I should say, uh, they might like a cross-court backhand, but they won't like the down-the-line backhand. Or uh, they might like their inside-out backhand, but they might have trouble returning from the ad side, hitting their inside-in uh, forehand, for example. So make them hit both directions. Uh, experiment with the serve placement as well. Um, and then other variables for even more advanced players is to experiment with different spins, different paces, uh, different heights. Uh, to go back to my backhand return, uh, if if I play against, you know, in my 5-0 league, for example, a lot of uh, the good, really good players who played, you know, D1 or D2 college have these really good kick serves. But from the ad court, I actually like to hit my backhand return way up high. So I like to step in and hit those kick serves. But when I play, uh, believe it or not, when I play, you know, lower level, if I'm playing like an 8-0 mix match or something, and one of the players has a really low slice serve that stays low to my backhand, I struggle with that more than I do against a, a 5-0 kick serve. Um, so you can experiment with different heights, different spins, different pace, and things like that to really find that right combination that makes the returner uncomfortable. Okay, so next I'll touch briefly on the deuce chord and then the add chord specifically. So I'll talk about this with, let's assume we have four right-handed players, so a, a traditional doubles match. So the, the for the serve team, uh, the server's partner, this is the easiest opportunity for them to poach from the deuce court because they have a forehand volley in the middle. So they should be super aggressive from this deuce side the, the ideal point really here is to hit a good T-serve to the returner's backhand because it's going to be a little bit weaker serve. And then the, the net player 
pinches and has a forehand volley that they can cut off and hit for a winner or two uh, to force an error, which is going to be uh, more commonly the case. Um, so again, the as the server's partner, you want to be super aggressive on this this do side, uh, force the opponent to hit, uh, to try to beat you down the line some, and uh, pick off any ball, balls in the middle there. Uh, I don't recommend any I formation or Australian formation on the deuce court typically uh, because you're removing your net player's forehand volley from being in the middle. Um, that's actually better to do on the ad side, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, as the server in the deuce court, again, it, it's typically better to hit you know T serves or body backhand serves. You want to really own that center of the court uh, as the serve team so you can kind of hold on to that advantage. Um, in the next episode on return strategy, um, we're going to talk about some different strategies to kind of get the playing field or get the point back to neutral. And one of the ways to do that is to uh, hit with a lot of width or um, throw up a lob. And as the serving team, you don't want to be hitting with a lot of width initially um, unless you really need to or unless you find some uh, significant advantage in doing so. So in general, as the server, serving T or body backhand uh, is going to be your best option. Now, if you are playing a left-handed player, uh, if the returner is left-handed, you know you can go with your your comfortable kind of out wide serve to their backhand, um, and then the returner's partner should really look and notice. Okay, are they able to redirect that backhand down the line, or is it coming cross court every time? And if it's coming cross court every time, you know call some poaches. Um, a lot of players are scared to poach off the wide serve because that that alley is so open. But if it's a solid first serve, it's going to be a low percentage shot that they're trying to make there. Um, so deuce court, again, we're going to typically play just traditional formation, uh, call a lot of poaches, a lot of movement from the net there. Uh, from the ad court, it's a little bit more complex for the serve team. The reason for that is that the server's partner has their backhand volley in the middle. So it makes it a little, a little bit easier for the returner to just hit solid cross-court returns. Uh, in general, everybody's... Actually, I don't think I've come across anybody in the last several years who has a better backhand volley than forehand volley. So in general, uh, it's going to be the weaker volley for the net player. And they don't have as much reach, so they're not able to pick off any kind of weaker returns that come across the middle. So it makes it a lot easier for the returner to just hit those solid cross-court returns. Now for the server, uh, they're going to be potentially hitting some backhands. What I'd recommend is, is really working on your uh, runaround forehand, so your inside-out forehand as the server. So once you hit that serve, kind of take a few steps to your left uh, and get may maybe out in the doubles alley depending on uh, how well and quickly you're able to move um, and, and look for a runaround forehand uh, if, of course, you don't serve in volley, which I know a lot of players listening to this probably don't uh, have that in their game yet. So it's a little bit harder to poach. So one thing we can do to combat this, and this is something I've done a lot more myself the last several years, is, is to use more eye in Australian formation. 
And again, I'll link in the show notes to a YouTube video where I talk a lot more in depth about that. But what that does is it it does a few things. It makes the return a little bit more difficult because they're hitting over a higher part of the net and they have less court to miss into. So the court becomes shorter down the line versus uh, cross court. It's, It's a lot longer distance. So it makes for a more difficult return. It puts the net player's forehand volley in the middle, which allows them to be a lot more aggressive. And then it also puts the server's forehand ground stroke uh, down the line so that they can you know, serve, move to their right, and then hit a forehand ground stroke, which is going to be their strength. So it's a really great uh, tactic. Um, there's almost no downsides unless the the returner on that ad side is able to hit really strong returns down the line um, with a lot of power and kind of step in and take away time and you can't recover for that forehand ground stroke. That's that's probably the one exception, uh, but not a lot of players can do that. So this is definitely something worth experimenting with if you haven't done it before. Um, and when you do this, what I recommend is actually serving out wide because A, that's to the player's backhand, and B, that's going to make them pull the ball back towards the center of the court. So uh, I've heard some players mention out of the I formation that it's better to serve down the T. And I really don't think that's true. Um, it's a good, it's a good change up uh, to, to throw in every now and then. But in general, if you think about the angles of the court, if you serve down the T in the ad court, and then as the server, you have to recover to your right. Uh, let's say they hit that forehand from the center of the court because you serve down the tee and it lands, say, just in the doubles alley. That ball is going to be moving away from you. So it's going to be a lot further for you to move to go to get that ball. It's going to be a lot more difficult forehand for you. If you serve out wide from the ad court, they're going to be hitting that backhand from probably somewhere in the doubles alley. If you had a really wide serve, They'll be outside of the doubles alley, and they're going to have to pull that ball back towards the center. So even if it lands in the doubles alley, it's not going to be moving away from you as the server. It's going to be moving towards you. So that makes it a lot easier forehand for you. So in general, uh, it is better to serve wide there, and then the net player will stay left. Um, Really, they can stay kind of just left of that center service line and give up that short left part of the court because almost no uh, returner is going to be able to hit that. And they can look to be aggressive with their forehand volley. So any kind of weak returns that land in the center of the singles court, they can move to their right and hit the forehand volley there. Um, So it's a a really good formation. Um, You can use I or Australian, which again, the difference will be in that YouTube video, which I'll link to. So that's it for this episode. Again, I'll link to everything we talked about here in the show notes, as well as that YouTube video on the different serving formations. And if you'd like to leave a comment or if you have any further questions about serving formation or serve strategy in doubles, uh, you can go to thetennistribe.com and under the podcast page, you'll be able to find this episode and you can comment or you can just go to the contact page on the website and reach us there with any questions you have. 
uh, I'll personally get back to you and um, give you my best advice and, and best feedback that I can. Uh, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you in the next episode. If you're a doubles player, you'll love our weekly doubles newsletter. Every Thursday, we send you doubles tips and strategies to help you improve your game and become a smarter player. When you sign up, you'll get a free 10-page guide on how to play with more confidence and dominate at the net in doubles. You can go to thetennistribe.com to sign up now.